Hello and welcome to the uh, yeah, Sunday interview. I'm super excited to have Tamar here. Um, I just talked, we just talked really quickly up front because it was a great and amazing recommendation from Diego to get in contact with Tamar. And I'm also very sure that we're going to deliver today a great content, great topics and going to dive a little more into Tamar's life, which I'm very excited for. And I think, um, yeah, I can learn a lot from today's podcast. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for your time for being here. Hi, thank you. Um, okay, so a little bit about my life. Well, as you know, my name's Tamar. Um, I was born in Chile. I lived there until I was 10 years old. And then we moved to Florida, my dad, my mom, and my two siblings, um, where we lived for 10 years. And then we moved to California. So uh, my life has been a bit of a nomadic journey never staying in one place for too long. I've moved a bunch of times. I've lived in different places, met different people. Um, and it's really been quite um, quite a journey to find myself and my passion within so much movement in my outside world. Um, you really have to become sort of like your own rock and you have to see your family as your, as your anchor in your life when you move around. So yeah, so that's that's sort of my physical journey. Um, when I was, let's see, how old was I? Uh, when I was like 16, I started to go through like some really um, difficult times emotionally. I had depression, I had anxiety. Um, and it's like, it, there, those were themes that followed me into my life until I was about um, 18. Um, and then I found the beauty of meditation and spirituality. And that was sort of like my saving grace. Uh, it was my light at, at the at the end of, of the tunnel. Um, I started meditating every single day of my life, um, doing breath work, doing mantras. And I found that the more that I did them, the more comfortable that I became um, repeating to myself that I was okay, that I was, you know, that my that my journey didn't start and end with my depression, the more okay that I became with healing myself. And at 18, uh, my spiritual journey sort of took on this whole new um, sort of persona and it shifted into the world of magic and tarot cards. And I started to include that into my meditation and my, my, my manifestation practices. Um, I've been reading tarot for like six years now. Um, I've done it professionally. I've done it for friends. Um, and it's sort of the thing that I always come back to, to get insight into my life, to check in with myself, ask myself how I'm feeling, to do the same for friends and family. And I found it really a wonderful tool in my life to uh, to get in contact with myself, with the higher spirits, with with a higher purpose in our universe, because I find that when I lose sight of the fact that I am not alone in this universe, that there is a higher purpose and there is a higher power helping us is when I fall back into a pit of depression, which I feel like happens to a lot of us because existential crisis is terrifying. And just the thought that you are on this spinning rock by yourself and nothing you do matters is terrifying. So, um, yeah, so for anybody that's feeling that, it's not true. Um, 
there is a higher power and there is what whatever you may call it right i call it my consciousness um but this higher power is really like guiding us and leading us and we're never alone alone um which is a really comforting thought i think and can you uh, yeah. just sorry for the interrupt can you just go a little um to the beginning roots where where this journey started because obviously you're talking now from like a more um, yeah experienced person who already like thought through a couple points you already like had a lot of realizations in your meditation um how did this journey begin how did you i do also think this journey of depression really has a very big correlation uh, with self love uh, with 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 accepting who you are giving yourself the love you deserve and then actually creating power out of out of this like what you just said healing process um what made this be like because in the beginning when you're in the stage it's very difficult to to get set like sit yourself down do this meditation and and yeah it might also not work in the beginning like how did you uh begin this journey and what could you maybe recommend to people who are in the situation okay yeah um so i feel like i mean i'm not gonna sugarcoat it it started as a shit show uh my life was absolute crap when I was in 10th grade. Everything around me was wonderful and I knew that I was supposed to be happy, but I just wasn't because that's not how depression works. Um, and I, my, my dad actually, he approached me one day and he's like, you have to get yourself out of this. You know, you put yourself here, you have to get yourself out of it, which at 15 and as a girl is not really all that helpful. Uh, when somebody tells you, well, yeah, like, you know, depression is a state of mind, get out of it. Like, no, dad, it's fucking not. Thank you. But it did help me in find in starting to find solutions. Right. So um, when when we are in in a state of depression, in a state of anxiety, we're so caught up in the fact that we are the victim of this horrible thing going on in our brains that we forget that there are solutions out there. Um And the solution that I found was to sit down for five minutes every day and repeat a mantra, right? So my mantra at the beginning was a very simple number sequence, right? So I sat down for five minutes and I, in my head, I repeated one, two, one, two, and I synced it with, with my breath. Um, you know, this is something that everybody can do. You know, you can focus your mind on your breathing and counting one and two and one and two. And what that did for me was that it made me focus on my breath. And you know what I actually learned very recently, like last week, which kind of ties back to all of this, is that our breath changes our consciousness, uh, which I found fascinating because when I was doing this, when I was 15, I wasn't really thinking about changing my consciousness. I was just focusing on my breathing to not have an anxiety. Your breath changes your emotional state and your emotional state controls your hormones. And your hormones are what makes you feel like really good, right? Serotonin and endorphins or really bad, you know? So when we control our breath, we control our emotions. And we, we, when, when we control our emotions, we can manifest better. And so it's kind of like all tied to each other. So yeah, breathing is really important. But the practice of focusing on my breath and coming back to my breath is what really helped me get into a clear mindset. And from that point, I started to like incorporate a little bit more complex meditations, right? So after two weeks of five minutes of just 
breathing, then I started to incorporate, right? Um, like I started to learn about my, my chakras, right? So where in my system, so you're, for those of you who don't, uh, who are not totally um, educated about chakras, chakras are energy points in your body. So we have seven, right? We have a sacral chakra, we have a root chakra, that's at the base of our spine. Then we have our sacral chakra, which is right below our belly button. And then we have our solar plexus that's um, right above your stomach. And then we have our heart chakra, which is self-explanatory. We have our throat chakra. We have our third eye, which is uh, right between your eyes. And then we have our crown chakra that's right above your, your, your head. So when I started to educate myself on chakras, I really started doing the work of where do I not feel balanced you know where where is the problem what is causing this sense of depression and anxiety is it you know is it a lack of safety is it that I'm not understanding my intuition is it that I can't speak out correctly you know like is it that I feel like alone in this universe you know where is this anxiety coming from and I found that in myself after I did the work my anxiety actually started at the very bottom you know, I had root chakra problems. Um, turns out that moving around so much had really taken away my sense of safety and my sense of stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to do a lot of root chakra work. Um, this for me looked like exercise and yoga specifically. But for other people, I know that other people do it with crystals and they do it with meditation alone or you can wear the color red, really anything. But for me, it was yoga. So once I started to understand where the problem came from and I started to address the problem, a whole bunch of other problems came through. And this is really tricky because people think, well, yeah, I'm healing, so I'm supposed to be healed. No, that's not how that works. When you heal, you actually face so many problems in order to get through the healing. And that is called shadow work. And shadow work is a bitch. It is never fun, but it has to be done in order for us to heal properly. So I confronted my demons and my lack of safety and this lack of security in my life. And and yeah, and I did my shadow work and, and I cried and I cried and, and I went to therapy and it was awful and it was all bad until it wasn't, until it was good again, until I got through it. And, and that is, I think that is the start of my higher consciousness. So my spiritual journey started when I was 15, when I was going through all this breathing exercises, but the start of my higher consciousness, the fact that I I figured out that I can change my reality by changing myself started when I was 17 and I was going through actually trying to fix myself from the bottom up. And 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 when you like when you talk about also this um like working through those pains like it was this healing process came through those talks with the therapist and also by just like letting it happen also as well like letting like let mm-hmm. this emotion towards you that you can basically go through it somehow because it's i think also it's it's a very great process already to begin with those roots what you also said like when you think back on this like kind of life kind of- you're having and you figure out hey those were those like main events in my life which really 
like somehow hurted me. But that also takes a lot of like in the beginning, I think it also takes a little bit of the work you basically did to have this clear view on your life as well. For me, for example, a big uh, hit when I was a kid was, for example, the divorce of my parents. That was for me mm -hmm. a struggle, but there are like all kinds of struggles. And I'm also always what you're also saying those a lot of those struggles a lot of the things you have to heal from are um, from our childhood um most of the time yeah. some behaviors on also something maybe which got which you got passed on to from maybe your parents or grandparents or sometimes it's maybe sound might sound generational a trauma yeah indeed um so you're more profound about, about this topic so yeah i just think it's, uh, it can you just Like, like, how did you get the energy from? Where did you get the energy from to work through those pains? Because a lot of people are working on it, but sometimes they don't have enough energy um, to go through it fully, or they have to take um, different steps to like try it again and again. Uh, what was your driver? Okay, yeah. Um, let's talk about the ugly part of self-love. Okay. I think that is where all this comes from. So when we all think about self-love, you know, you think about being in a bathtub with a, you know, flute of champagne and, and a face mask and saying, yes, well, this is self-love because um, I love myself and I love my body and I'm indulging in pleasure. No, this, that is all well and good. But the ugly part of self-love the part that we don't want to talk about because it's not Instagrammable is, is the, is what I'm talking about, right? It's really sitting down with yourself and really trying to figure out where you can be better and where you can fix yourself because nobody's going to do it for you. And I think that drive comes from anger. Like I'm not, yeah. I, I honestly, I think it comes from anger. I think it comes from a place of either I have failed a thousand times in doing this and now I'm angry and I want to actually do it. Or it comes from a place of fuck everybody that says I can't get better because watch me. Or it comes from a place of everything else has failed me, you know, and now I'm angry and I'm going to fix myself because nobody else was able to do it for me. And I think it's very important that we don't shy away from the ugly emotions because there are no ugly emotions. Anger is not ugly. Fear is not ugly. Hatred is kind of ugly, but it can also be very helpful. Um, and I think, I think the whole, because you, you said there's a lot of people that have started and stopped this journey. That's okay. I did too. I started and stopped my journey a thousand times until one time I'll, I was like freaking tired of being broken. You know, I was like, no, like, fuck this. I am better than this. I know I can do it. I am not a broken toy. I am capable of evolving. I am capable of changing. And I picked up my journal and I started writing and I wrote everything that I thought was wrong with me. I wrote down every insecurity that I have that I still have because that is just how humans work. But I just wrote it down and I wrote down the anger towards my parents and the anger towards my siblings because at that point I had removed 
judgment from the anger, right? It doesn't make you a bad person to be angry at your parents, even though your parents are giving you everything. It does not make you a bad person to be angry at your siblings, even though your siblings are your best friends. It's okay because those emotions are yours. So you just write it down. You know, you write down everything you're angry about. You write down everything you don't like about yourself. You write down everything you don't like about your life. And once you get the, that anger out on paper and you see the work that needs to be done and you see a physical manifestation of the demons inside of you, that's when the real work can start. And the motivation just comes from that. Like it just comes from the weight being lifted off your shoulders. And that I have seen time and time again with me and with my friends and with everybody I've co coached through their spiritual journey. Um, it's just a very powerful tool to look your demon in the face and wave, you know, instead of hiding. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's impressively well um, said and told. Um, also such a great pitch, by the way. No, it's, it, no, it's just so, it's so amazing how clear you brought it to the point. It's very um, interesting. It's so true. I can't really add anything onto that because you explained it so incredibly well. And I think also when it comes to the journey, um, what I got frustrated with a little bit at some point, or obviously everyone is still in this process, was those different stages you, I feel like we are having sometimes in our development because it's really funny when you think, I don't know, you have maybe a really high vibration through a period of time, um, but then it also happens that this vibration gets a little lower and that there is like a little plateau happening, like this little kind of thing where you're like uh, sitting now But sometimes I think those stages are also really good because they also like calm you down some somehow and, and basically say to you, hey, you have to now integrate a couple of things you learned and you now have to kind of change your behavior, what you said also in the beginning to, to have some different outcomes and to be able to, to reach this next step. Um, and, and usually uh, what you also said, we have a couple of blind spots, which we are not telling ourselves honestly. So um, a lot of times people know what their blind spots are. My blind spot, maybe sport, maybe as I'm not doing meditation, which I wanted to start for a very, very long time, for example. This is one thing I struggle with. Um, eating healthy um, always is also that, a topic which I struggle a little bit with. But usually I know <laughs> the pain is not big enough if I'm not changing it. And um, so... Um, but th those are just um, the stages I think are very interesting because I also do believe, um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the energy level can't be always incredibly high. Like you can't be always super pumped. There are always like times, maybe a couple. Obviously, I think the better you know yourself, the better you can correct them and the faster, but they, they, they will be there, I think. Can you maybe add on to, to this um, a little bit? Yeah, so... You said always a couple of times, right? So our energy levels have to always be high. You always have to be eating healthy. Humans are not always creatures, right? We're not. We we ebb and flow. We are, um, we are, you know, beings of light and and energy. And energy is not stagnant, right? Energy is not. So we have to embrace the not always. We have to embrace the sometimes, you know? Yes, my energy is usually high, but I also have days that I want to punch a wall. Like that is fine, you know? 
it is fine and it is fine to you know i usually eat healthy but yesterday i had a burger and that's also fine because when we take the stigma out of our behavior right it's not it doesn't it's not so bad you know it's not if you want to meditate you know which is something that i struggle with to this day and i've been doing it for fucking ever right I go through a month where I just don't make the time, right? I'm just like, no, this is not for me right now. And that's that's okay because I know that just because I'm not meditating now does not mean that I'm not a being that meditates. Does that make sense? So just because I ate a burger yesterday does not mean that I'm not a healthy being. Yeah. Because we're all in a state of fluctuation all the time. And you you know what I found? This was a very, very recent breakthrough that totally changed my view on everything in the world. Like it, I am a different person today than I was two weeks ago when I had this breakthrough. Um, I was watching this documentary on, on our consciousness, right? So you, you know, when, when we manifest and when we meditate, we're all taught, you know, you ask the universe, right? Like that is a very, constant theme in everything that that we do right so you ask the universe for healing you ask the universe for money you ask the universe for the strength to keep meditating but it's not about the universe it's about you right we are manifestations of the universe so when we ask the universe we're asking ourselves so it's all within us Right. If you tell yourself, if you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I am healthy, you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I like to work out. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I meditate every day. Your consciousness will do it because your consciousness is wired to do what you say. It's not the universe. You don't need to raise your vibrations for the universe. You need to raise your vibrations for yourself. Because. Because reality as we experience it is a lie it's not a lie it is what we experience right the 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 reality the four walls that you are in are only a manifestation of what is going on in in your head so you change your consciousness you change the outside world and that's something that we've been told a thousand times but i i know it's true and it works and if you tell yourself if you're sitting in traffic tomorrow and you're looking at the car in front of you and you say that car is going to move i guarantee you that car will move it will move either left or right it will not be in your way you know why because you said it and if we can move a car if i can change if i can if my consciousness can make somebody else move their car what else like what can't i do <laughs> you know i can do anything I, I I can I can agree with you very much. I'm gonna try it tomorrow because I actually have like a four and a half hour drive um, uh, to try my hometown. So um, I I generally think that the mindset or not the mindset. I think the things you're visualizing can be extremely powerful, especially um, when you do it constantly on a constant basis. Um, I think there is like a leverage effect on 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 manifestations and and they're gonna be more powerful. Um, if you're doing it um, yeah, on a daily basis or, or constantly for something, even so at some point, um, 
you had there has to be there has to be some action from your side to 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 yes. obviously um help the universe to shape the with the way you want to go much clearer um i don't know um it's it's not just sitting on on your share and, and doing something because a lot of times it's also about the first step and and seeing things you can grab these opportunities you you have to sometimes take a risk as well and and see then what unfolds for you as well especially i don't know i, I was really thinking about business now but also for adventures for traveling um what i love about this is having no expectations in, in, in the beginning of the day and then see where it brings you. And a lot of times it creates the most beautiful moments. I totally agree with you. That lack of expectations is a beautiful thing. It, it is. And especially expectations in general is such, such a powerful thing, which a lot of people and myself as well um, yeah, struggle with because we are setting ourselves those specific outcomes and and if it is not happening th that is what we are getting triggered by um even so the outcome which might have happened or ha has happened then and is if we just move the perspective a little bit is almost as beautiful as the outcome we imagined um but yeah just please go on but that is um so that the whole expectations thing is a very western mentality right so western religion has sort of taken away the flow of life for us, which I am guilty of this too. You know, I also grew up in Western religion, but if you look at Eastern religion, especially Shintoism, I mean, Taoism, they all talk about being soft, right? You are the flow of water, you know, you are a leaf in the wind and you have to flow with life. And although I personally can't be like that all the time because I am a hyper competitive human being. Um, I do find myself like spiritual people. We have a ton of flaws. We, the only difference is that we can point them out. Um, so even though I can't be like that all the time, I do try to give myself the space to be the flow of water and be the leaf in the wind, because it's just, leads to beautiful experiences that you don't have when you're a hyper competitive person, you know? No, no, I, I agree. I think, I mean, how you pronounce it or how the word sounds hyper competitive. I think I'm also a very competitive person or quite competitive. Um, when it comes to whatever sports or anything. Um, but I also think at some points it's, it's, it's good to be it. And I also think that The competitiveness gives us the drive to to do certain things um, if it is necessary. I think that is also a very important skill. Um, letting it flow, on the other hand, that is also beautiful, but you need to give yourself the time. Like, for example, what I loved doing uh, was when I was for a little bit in Berlin, um, I just went out for a random walk and, and without having like, I mean, obviously I had some orientation because I got always passed by beautiful places. But it takes some time. Like I basically said the the to myself, hey Joseph, you're just gonna take a walk, and however long it takes until you're back, you're gonna be back. Sometimes there were two hours, three hours, um, but it was beautiful because it really freed up my mind um, and to yeah, just chill and vibe through a city and and explore. I think that it was actually where I had a really really high vibration because that was for me um, my little meditation at this time. You're so lucky you live in Europe. You can just walk places. Yeah, you can't. No, <laughs> no, in LA, 
Man, it, th th this is so weird about America. I mean, I was there just for a year in Texas, uh, in close to Houston, in Beaumont. And yeah, it, it's so weird for German people to like you like people look weird towards you when you walk on the sidewalk like there is no sidewalk i mean it's just someone's backyard or something i don't know it's pretty strange for german people i was in the beginning as well i mean every way is basically just you know, hop in the car and go there but it's also i think incredibly hot right now right uh oh. yeah so where i am right now is 43 degrees celsius about okay. yeah no that's um yeah that's quite hot i have to admit yeah um uh where where we we were talking about the competitiveness we had and very yeah, competitiveness um so i think a very important thing to touch on, uh, which is something that I wasn't taught when I started my spiritual journey, but I think it's something that's, um, that comes up. So I listen to a ton of like spiritual podcasts and it's something that comes up quite often is, um, people that identify themselves as spiritual people that, you know, meditate every day and read tarot or practice magic, or are just sort of, um, a little bit more in touch with uh, with the gifts that every human has, right? Which are the gifts of like intuition and um, and like manifestation. Um, these people are sort of beyond earthly problems, right? And earthly uh, desires, and that is just not true. Um, so for people that are just starting on their spiritual journey, and you find yourself still jealous of your neighbor because they have a bigger house or you find yourself still angry, like irrationally angry at your boss, or, you know, you find yourself still wanting to be a millionaire. That is not wrong. You are not less spiritual. You are not less of on your journey because you still, you're still human because at the end of the day, you know, our souls chose a human body to manifest because we wanted to have the human experience and the human experience includes everything that is beautiful about humanity and everything that is not so beautiful. And, um, yeah, I really, I really do wish when I started, somebody would have told me like your ambition does not make you less spiritual. Uh, because now I find myself having this, uh, mini breakthroughs of, you know, I denied myself, you know, attention, because I thought that spiritual people didn't seek attention. I denied myself my ambition to make a shit ton of money because I thought spiritual people lived in a hut in the forest, not, you know, <laughs> in a penthouse in, in, in the, in the city. And, and now, now that I say it, it sounds stupid. Like, yeah, of course you can, you know, there's dichotomy in, in everything that, 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 that we do, we can be both, but um, I don't think it's a, something that a lot of people uh, sort of confront. And I do think it's a, something a lot of people grapple with. Um, so if that's you, you know, if if anybody listening to this feels guilty because what you want doesn't align with what you think you should want, fuck what you think you should want. You want what you want and it's not wrong to want it. No, I can, I can just... Sorry, sorry for interrupt, but I can just agree on that what you just said because I think there is like this 
misuse or this like this picture which pops into some people's heads when it comes to spirituality when it comes to the word but i think it's also this combination like those pieces you're taking for yourself this routines you because everyone is is different and everyone has to figure out his own way of living this spirituality if we go obviously deeper in this topics i think there are a lot of connections um but you can combine that with your lifestyle with making mm -hmm. the amount of money for example you pointed out so beautifully and um, because that's also one of my goals to obviously make an, enough money uh, obviously also to then distribute it somehow if it is there um but i think in the business world it's gonna be extremely valuable this like spiritual sensitive kind of skill set is gonna be is at this point in time i think super undervalued super undervalued because it's such a great soft skill you have if you get in if you are within yourself when you are balanced you have such this like different vibration onto other people you can um grasp i think also and attention's much better you can if you connect with someone and you really want to tell them something i think it just bonds much better and the understanding and the overall how things can play out i think can be much more powerful in the end if you use this correct and integrated um the way you need it for yourself to be balanced to feel good with it i agree intuition is undervalued humans just don't understand how incredibly powerful intuition is in every sense of the word right so intuition to uh take a trip intuition you know when it, when to invest but also intuition when um to know that somebody's hurting or that you should take a step back because that person doesn't really want to talk that emotional quotient uh that comes with intuition is is a skill that a lot of business people are developing now and it's a it's a very important skill to have to go into business uh from now on yeah. um in my experience no i i agree with you by the way can i ask like what what are you working at this point in time uh so i just gradu graduated from my master's in business actually and i am in the process of starting my own nonprofit. oh amazing uh, for what yeah for uh connecting uh jewish people across america right now but hopefully across the world at some point uh through um through giving right so it's this whole project of you buy something and we give the same thing to another jewish family um yeah that's what i'm doing why, and it's why, why, why specifically jewish people and why specifically this target group of people um so specifically jewish people because I am a Jew myself and I feel I feel like I was put on this earth to uh to you know help the Jewish community. Um I it's a very clear path in my life uh that I have you know arrived to through meditation and all this uh, kind of things is um assimilation is a huge problem in the Jewish community. We have less Jews now than we have ever in the history of humanity. So um, I, I really strongly feel that it is my job in this world to fight assimilation and make people proud to be Jews again. And uh, so, yeah, so I took that head on and started a nonprofit. Amazing. I'm pr pretty impressive and, and pretty ambitious. Nonprofit then also means them no kind of revenue for you in this case right it's just no it means that the company can't make revenue i still get an income 
Okay. As the founder. Yeah. So make employees income. still make income. The company itself can't keep any assets. Oh, okay. 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 That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. And, and yeah. you, you did your whole high school kind of journey. It took place in America, right? Yes. You went. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, okay. so, Since like fifth grade or something or what? what grade yeah, exactly. Fifth grade. I got here at the end of fourth grade. So fifth grade was my first full year here. Okay, and I I also changed uh, schools, but just uh, in within our region when I was in fifth grade. Therefore, I just basically repeated the the fifth grade <laughs> once more. It's rough. Yeah, it's I mean, it, it was also very challenging. I have to admit, this school from like uh, this switch from like a private school where we don't say like um, Miss whoever or or Mister. We said basically the first name, which I like because because i think it's it's better for the kids but that's just my personal opinion because it makes gets, gets you closer to the teacher and it doesn't have this distance um but yeah you had to create new friendships you had to go go through the bullshit of of high school of who is uh, the best who's the sportiest and who's the most competitive as always i think this is also a very interesting topic actually yeah. um and there are also a lot of pains uh, within that if you have like a different path in this category and a lot of people got i think have maybe also or a couple of people have a negative um, emotion with that connector but um yeah i i had a great high school career and also what you said actually i now i i came into my head again you said this anchor in the beginning of the podcast of your family and that is also what i have realized a lot of times that there is a lot of um energy coming from this um like you just know what you also said that there is someone in the back um, mm -hmm. behind you basically who supports you with everything you're doing and I think this is something and it doesn't if it is not not your family um, I hope it's some some other construct maybe those are some friends but for me it's a great combination out of family and friends so I know whatever I want to do whatever crazy stuff happens in my head and I say hey I want to do that now um, everyone is agreeing with it and they think that or, or at least is saying something and says their opinion uh, which I trust a lot um, but I just wanted to basically point out that this backbone is incredibly powerful. If you just know that you're in this like kind of secured kind of environment. Um, and I have a lot of respect for people who have to get out of a very negative um, kind of environment. This is very um, powerful. Maybe we can also talk about like, what, what is your opinion on, on environment on the surrounding people, um, general, the surrounding environment you're creating for yourself? like does it did that also had some kind of impact on your journey yes um yes and i'm going to talk about this from two points different points of view so um so obviously you know we are uh we're confined a lot by our situation um i was lucky enough to be in in a stable home where i had you know a room where i could meditate and parents that i could talk to and siblings to support me and i had an emotional support dog to you know get me through all the rough times so you know i was very lucky in the in the in the thing that in the fact that my situation really really was there to help me get better and was there to further my my spiritual journey because um, I know a ton of people that just don't have that, you know. Um, I had one friend in college that her parents were totally against spirituality. So she couldn't meditate at, at home, which is really difficult, you know, because um, 
because that's like a really big part of anybody's uh, spiritual journey, I think. Um, so yeah, so from that perspective, our situations and our environment really do affect our growth in whatever kind of growth you want to go through. Um, but also, I think it's really important when we talk about um, the environment to talk about something called epigenetics. Have you heard of epigenetics? No. So epigenetics is uh, is the is it's not a theory anymore. It's been proven, but it's the idea that our environment really like our environment shapes our DNA. Okay, so what you experience in your life really becomes you, right? There's no distinguishment of um, of the outside, your outside experiences and like yourself because it, they really do shape you like to in a very fundamental molecular level. Um, so talking about that, I think it's really important to, um, if somebody is going through a hard situation, to really find the things that bring you joy and to really do your best to find pockets to get out of that because, because you have to heal an A. Like it's not a thing about healing yourself. Like you have to like heal yourself, you know, uh, because or else we just become a, a, all the bad things that happen to us and we don't balance them out with the good things that happen to us, you know? Um, so to, to make a long answer, extremely long, Yes, your environment really does affect everything about you. Uh, it's, it's it's amazing how you how you tie it down to this inner um, yeah, intuition that everything will be good or that those outcomes or the I don't know what like for me um, when I have an idea in my head or when I really want to go through with something or also maybe with some friends you're creating beautiful moments they are already created beforehand in your head almost. Like the, the vision of you making a barbecue um, with the sun, uh, sun, what, what is when the sun goes down? Like with the sunset, oh. <laughs> um, it, it's already somewhere in, in your head. This is somewhere like in somewhere already created somehow. And I think this is really when also like when you're thinking in problems instead of solutions, what you also said, it's such also such a powerful twist instead of obviously I can't talk from like, when you are in the spiral of negativity, because a lot of times I, I was surrounded always by, by quite good people and stuff. I was very lucky in my life at least. Um, but I always love to think in solutions. I think this is very, very powerful. And, and, and when more people are start doing it, um, if possible, obviously, um, that is extremely interesting when you put your mind in this mode of solution it will come, it will come. Obviously, sometimes you have to give it time. There's not always a quick answer, as you said. Um, but a lot of times it's really um, about the, 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 what you put your mind to, what you put yourself to, um, what, what, what will come out in the end. Yeah. When you visualize, you manifest. Yes, you manifest. Um, <laughs> you're very right. Um, just to round up everything, um, can we? do you have maybe something or some event which you could recall from your journey, which was also gave you a lot of like realizations, whether it specific talks you had, was it traveling? What was, um, were those breakthroughs or was it, obviously it's always the whole journey, but is there, are there some specific points you could um, point to, which really made a big shift and, and shifted the perspective you had before? 
Yeah, um, I think, I think in my journey, very specifically. So when, when we, which I think is something that you touched on really well, when, when we think of our journeys and we think, we, we try to think in this like life-changing moments, right? So for example, I traveled Europe by myself, right? And it was wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. It was like revolutionary in myself. Um, I really changed as a person, you know? I, but it's not, in my experience, it's not the big moments that make a difference, is the small moments. Because I've had my breakthroughs, like I've talked about breakthroughs a lot in this podcast, but a breakthrough is like when, when you're thinking and then suddenly it's like a divine download and you're just like holy fuck like everything makes sense now like it's just like those like small moments of like I understand different now um and those moments for me have come sitting on my bed or driving or you know doing absolutely nothing and watching tv and just like suddenly it's like ha you know the sky's open and (laughs) I have like a breakthrough um and I think those are the moments um because at the beginning of my journey I I didn't trust those moments you know I was like I'm not doing anything particularly spiritual right now so therefore what I'm thinking cannot be as part of my spiritual journey but as I grew in my journey I realized that it was those moments the one that made the journey worth it and that made made me a better person because at the end of the day, yes, traveling Europe by myself or spending two months in Israel studying, those were all wonderful things that happened to me, but I did not get any, I did not get a divine downloads during those moments. I got the divine downloads, you know, doing absolutely nothing in my bed, playing on my phone. Um, So, so we have to keep an open mind all the time. And I think it's very important to never doubt, right? You can doubt yourself all you want because that will go away with time, you know, because if you're if you're listening to this and you're part of a spiritual journey, you know, the self-doubt does go away, but never doubt the divine downloads. If you are doing absolutely nothing, if you're sitting on your bed, if you're on your phone, if you're watching TV, if you're cooking, driving, and suddenly you get an idea that changes the way you think, you have to trust that idea because that idea is your breakthrough. And your breakthroughs is what makes your emotional, your spiritual journey what it is at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, so thank you for asking that question because I think it's it's a it's not a misconception. I think that we all look for the uh, big aha moments and we forget the little ones. No, that, that that is very true. I was really I had this like I, I was just starting yesterday. We played some soccer and stuff, and I was like always. I had this funny thought of like we always have to like we're super proud when we get this like the highest ball or something and we like get it on our knee or something then we dribble further but those small things which are super flat and also super difficult to get are sometimes even like similar impressive instead of get like obviously also in soccer the same thing we don't need those like crazy long passes which are crossing half the pitch but those small things are also making the difference and are creating the spaces you're needing and also sometimes by not focusing on on an idea and putting yourself into pressure um, your subconscious mind is doing a lot of work. Like when you are doing something totally different, you're off topic. Also, when you're in a negative emotion with your work or something, 
somehow change the environment, change what you're doing, take a walk, focus on a flower very detailed. But usually those ideas, your subconscious mind in, in, in the back is, is thinking through some things and is figuring out a couple of things. And sometimes it is worth yeah. it to do this half an hour, hour break to get off your mind. Obviously in the situations, I can also recall myself, I'm not, not doing it sometimes because you're so frustrated and you're, I'm holding on to it, especially when, when both of us are a little more competitive, it can happen. Um, but a lot of times when you just stand up, go outside, um, it really helps to, to change um, this, this struggle you're having at the point in time. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, give yourself breaks. It's worth it. <laughs> 100%. Um, like like how like tra traveling through Europe, you had a car, you um, hitchhiked. What did you do? Like how did you, um, yeah, kind of created this journey, this beautiful experience? So um, it was it was the best summer of my life. So um, what I did is I there is this um, program for Jewish uh, young people that you get to go to Israel for ten days, uh, all expensive paid. So I did that right. I went to Israel and then. I was like, I am going to go to Spain now. So I took a plane and I went to, to Barcelona. Um, zero expectations. Like I didn't know how many days I would be staying. Um, I just, you know, booked a hostel and stayed in, in Barcelona. And I spent 10 days in Barcelona walking around, getting to know the culture. I met really cool people. I ended up traveling to Madrid for uh, World Pride, which was a turning point in my own personal life. Um, so, uh, and then, and then my parents, so my parents were traveling, um, we were doing a trip to Romania. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll meet you in France. Uh, so I, you know, boarded a plane again and I went to France and we met up in France and we traveled together for about three weeks. Um, and then my parents left and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Italy now. Um, so, so I went to Rome and the same thing. I was like, okay, well, I'm in Rome now. I got nothing to do. I literally woke up at 5 a.m. every morning, walked the entirety of Rome, ate everything I wanted to eat in my entire life because who was going to tell me that I couldn't, you know? And then I was like, okay, time for Florence. So I boarded a train and I went to Florence. And like, that was my whole trip, like zero expectations. I just Impressive. walked, you know, I decided I wanted to go somewhere and I got to that place and I walked and I met people and I drank a lot and I ate a lot. And it was just the most healing trip I've ever taken in my life because there was nobody to, to look at me weird for doing anything, you know? Yeah, no, no it, it is impressive. And what is so impressive and that's what you can also really correlate with is the Berlin thing. I said, like walking yeah. through a big city, passing so many things, you would just, probably look up in like some kind of like book where you see all the most important places within a city. But if you discover by yourself without knowing, Hey, I'm passing by some, something pretty important right now, obviously you realize because also even more beautiful, if you do it in the morning, as you said, doing it so early, not many people are in the city. You really, it's super peaceful and you see the city from a much different perspective as well. Yeah. And, 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 and this kind of vibe, this kind of travel um, 
I would always, I don't know, this kind of travel vibe you're having is also super um, adventurous in the end because you don't know who you eat dinner with in the end. You don't know uh, what what the journey will be and uh, what I also said um, at the end of the day. And usually those outcomes are, are so beautiful. I mean, my brother was just in Costa Rica in the beginning of, of this year. And he also traveled a similar kind of way. So um, it gives it gives a lot of energy and especially those walks in between those super long walks. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you can almost say it can be some kind of meditation, at least for me, those peaceful walks, just being by yourself, thinking through a couple things. I don't know. Just let your mind do is like like let the mind think for itself and, and see where it brings you. It's so it's so nice. I really love doing it. I have to do it. Yeah. more. Um, meditation, uh, is not just sitting in a, in a quiet room, uh, active meditation, um, when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're doing yoga, when you're exercising, though, that's all meditation, you know, that's all you getting in contact with yourself and seeking higher understanding consciously or, or subconsciously, you know, I, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, um, just, uh, yeah. Um, to to finish up to to round up everything, I really love the the this this idea on, and the way you traveled uh, Europe. I want to travel you. I mean, I I did travel Europe also with my parents a couple of times already. Uh, we basically drove from Berlin, Germany, all the way to Istanbul, which was also a great trip when we were kids, and it was also very impressive. Um, but uh, yeah. for me, it's going to start in in July. I'm gonna go to Costa Rica as well um, because. Traveling to there is um, now quite possible, but there are a couple other countries which is uh, where it is quite more challenging to go. Um, Costa Rica is beautiful. I wish you all the luck. You can have a wonderful time. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. I hope also, and I also know, um, obviously expectations going to be low, but I hope I, I'm going to find a couple of cool people to interview as well, because I think it's very interesting to be with them is in person and to not just obviously talk through zoom is also totally cool and i love yeah. it but it's i think it's also cool to just i don't know maybe have a drink afterwards or just have a, also an extra conversation afterwards to deepen the connection even more mm -hmm. um one of the things i ask in the end of an interview is really um the message you want to give out to the people uh, whatever you think is now necessary to share for you the stage you're in or whatever you think um, my kind of um, age group is important to know to them or what you think was one of the breakthroughs you want to share at least or uh, at last um, in this podcast. Yes, um, I want to share that your reality is really what you make it. Um, And that is something really important to say with whether your reality is exactly what you want or exactly what you don't want. Um, you, you are the most powerful being in this world when it comes to your reality. So take your power back and start shaping what you want. I think that is the most important message I can give right now. Thank you so, so much um, for you being here, for sharing everything and um, for being yeah, so kind and, and, and sharing so openly. You're a very and extremely smart. Uh, yeah, not, not even ideas, but your uh, thought process you're having. Thank you, Joseph. And if you're ever in LA, please reach out. I would love to get that trip with you. I, I would love that as well. Again, thank you so, so much.